and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my free training, The Three Legal and Tax Mistakes Made by New and Experienced Business Owners and How You Can Avoid Them. Here's the thing. There's a few key things we've all got to do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Well, hello there, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. This is now episode 134. Super exciting. And today I am joined again by Maria Bear, who is a sales and mindset strategist, coach, and wealth builder. Maria is the creator of Irresistible Selling, an online group coaching program designed to help wedding business owners book high paying clients quickly, often on the spot master their mindset, and create general wealth. Maria, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming back on. We had our episode over uh, over on Tuesday. Over oh. on Tuesday. <laughs> a, couple tu- a couple days ago on Tuesday. Now we're back to really dive in. Maria, let's just start by having you tell my audience a little bit more about yourself, your business, and how you kind of got into this wealth building, coaching kind of stuff. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, I got started, actually, this is my ninth year of um, providing irresistible selling. So I started out in software sales and I did really, really well in sales and booked over 25 million in, in business. And then I got burnt out and I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. So I took some time off and met somebody that um, asked me to come and speak to this group of photographers that she ran and said, you know, why don't you come and teach us how to sell? And I was like, you need help with that? And she's like, oh yeah, <laughs> we need a lot of help with that. We're good at photography. We're not good at selling ourselves. So it just opened up a whole world for me. I was, I had no idea that I could teach sales, right? To somebody else. So I literally just went and talked to them and I enjoyed it so much that I created a course and now, eight years later, it's called Irresistible Selling, and I teach wedding and, and creatives how to book high-paying clients. So you kind of just stumbled into the wedding space. Yeah, I completely yeah. stumbled into it, yep. My story's fairly fairly similar. For context, uh, Maria, you probably already know this. A lot of my audience are wedding professionals. I would say that's maybe about half. Half of people are not wedding professionals. So if you're listening to this, I can promise that Maria's tips are going to be useful really regardless of what industry you're in, especially if you're a service provider. But for context, we probably will be using various wedding professional hypotheticals and examples throughout the podcast. Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay, perfect. So what we're going to talk about today, what I wanted to bring Maria on to talk about was essentially how to make more money in your business, like snippety snap, without having to 
like pivot without having to change who your audience is, who you're selling to without drastically changing your offers and packages. Because this episode is one of about a two and a half month series I'm doing all about making more money. I'm calling it the money series. So we have all sorts of money experts coming on. And I thought with the shit show that we had in 2020, especially <laughs> in the wedding industry, people are going to want to obviously make more money. And this podcast is releasing at the end of January. So that's, is that considered booking season in the wedding industry, Maria? Oh, for sure. Almost everyone gets in, engaged around the holidays, starting in Thanksgiving and going up through like Valentine's Day. So okay. that's sort of engagement season. And then booking season goes along with that. So it's starting now and it'll continue for the next several months. Perfect. So this is like perfect timing then exactly. what we're talking about. Okay. So if people want to, you know, start making some more money, like right away, how do we start thinking about that? I know that you have like a few different tips that you want to talk to us about today. Yeah, actually, I'm going to share three tips with you. And what I like to do is I like to look at, you know, there's a lot of money that you can make in your business that you're just stepping over right now. And um, you don't have to go and do heavy lifting by finding new clients, right? So one of, the, one of the things that I talk about with my clients is the easiest person in the world to sell is a current client, right? It's not a brand new client, right? Because if you have already sold them, if they've already become a client and you're in the process of serving them, whether you know, you're a wedding planner or you're an accountant and you work with them ongoing or you know, some other kind of service provider, um, you've already done the heavy lifting of building trust with them, right? So the easiest person to go back to is a current client. So one of the things that I have my clients do is I'll have them check in with their current clients. And you can do this whatever way makes the most sense to you. You can email them, you can call them up, whatever. Um, but you can send them a note and say, hey, I'd like to check in with you, you know, um, and just see how things are going. Can we schedule like a virtual coffee date, right? You schedule a virtual coffee date. And then the whole idea is really just to check in with them, um, and obviously this is dependent on like what type of service provider you are. So let's say you're a photographer, for example, um, and you've booked a client and the wedding isn't for another six months. So you sit and you have a virtual coffee date and you're chatting about like the wedding planning and what's going on in your engagement and in the world, et cetera, et cetera. And what you want to be listening for is, is pain points, you know, things that they're still struggling with that you might be able to help them with. Right. Or, um, things that you can, you know, additional services that you have that they might need. And the idea is that even though you already sold them, that doesn't mean that their needs have not evolved from the time that they hired you, right? Because almost always people's needs evolve after they hire somebody. Again, whether you're in the wedding industry or you're in any other creative industry, people don't really know what they need until they start getting into it, right? Like, for example, I just hired someone to help me with um, a new web website design. There's a lot that I won't know until I get into it with her. You know what I mean? And that's how it is with any client. So it's really natural for you to check in with them and they appreciate it because you're building more trust with them and you're actually offering to help them with something that they might legitimately need help with. And that oh. will help serve them better. Let's, let's run at that photography example. What would be an example of something that you could offer to an already existing like wedding photography client? Because 
Like I'm thinking in the back of my mind, they've already booked me for the wedding that's happening in six months. So maybe like one thing I could think of is an engagement shoot, something like that. But if that's already included, like in the package that you gave them, like what other like kind of things would we be looking for? Chances are there's a lot that's not included in the initial package. So they could, you could offer them additional services, for example, um, a rehearsal dinner, right? If they're having like any kind of day after, you know, like brunch afterwards, um, anything for a bachelorette party. Now, obviously this is contingent on COVID and things that are going on in the world, but there's always additional services that you can offer somebody. If you're a planner, for example, and they hired you for maybe month of coordination, well, maybe now they're finding that, oh gosh, there's a lot more to plan than I anticipated. I need some help. And that's a perfect opportunity for you to offer additional help. Um, but oftentimes what I find is people will not book somebody for all of the services that they have. They're always kind of holding themselves back to whatever that budget level is that a client states that they have. And so people are afraid to go over that. So more often than not, they will give them services that will meet that budget. And it almost always, it's never their full package. Gotcha. That's, that's like an easier way for me to think about it. Just like, what do you have in your highest package that you did not sell them on to begin with? Like, that's what you can upsell in the middle. So I would imagine kind of a leading question here, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. I would imagine that a lot of people are probably resistant to this, especially creatives who aren't used to selling. Do you ever have issues with your students where they're like, I already sold them once, Maria, you can't like, you want me to go have a, another conversation with them with the sole intention to upsell them? Like that feels icky. Do you have people tell you that? I have heard that before. Yes. I mean, that's, that's pretty common. Hopefully if they work with me, they, they start to feel differently about sales because we teach them how to look at sales in a different way. So if you are thinking that you are doing them a disservice by going back to them and asking them for more money, basically, that's not, that's not necessarily the place I want you to come from. What the place I want you to come from is how can I best serve them? Right. Your clients have no idea what they need. They don't. They've never gotten married before. They've never hired somebody like you before. So they don't know what they don't know. You are the expert. So in my opinion, you are doing them a disservice if you don't offer them what they truly need. Right. And I can give a million examples of even in my own um, engagement, when I was talking to a, um, a musician for my ceremony, she did not ask me questions about what was important to me and why, because she was so intent on keeping me within the budget. And had she asked me more questions about what was important to me, she would have realized that, you know, I, the, the ceremony was the most important part to me. And it was important to me because my father had gotten very ill and had a bypass and we knew that he was on borrowed time. So I was afraid he wasn't even going to be at the wedding. So for me, the whole wedding was my vision was all about the ceremony, right? My dad walking me down the aisle. Had she not asked me that question or had she not, um, you know, really asked me and, and found out what was important to me, right? And why it was important, then I never would have gotten the services that I got, right? And I ended up hiring her for a bunch of things um, that I initially wasn't going to, but you have to really dig and talk to your clients and, and serve them. And to me, 
their budget is arbitrary. They come to you and they don't know what to budget for whatever it is that they're hiring you for. Guaranteed. Every day I have a client come and say, oh, I had a client that said that their budget was 5K. I had one client book them for 18. 18. Well, That's a huge difference. And that happens on the regular because people don't know what to budget. So my first response is you need to come from a position of service. And just because someone says their budget is 5K or 2K or whatever that number is, if you're talking to them and having a conversation, again, another reason why you want to be able to talk to your clients and not just DM them, right? And you're finding that they're struggling with something or there's a vision that they have that they didn't share with you before that you can help with, you are doing them a disservice if you don't offer it to them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like that. I, I heard someone, I think this, so I was listening to an interview, I think with Denise Duffield Thomas the other day, if you know her, love her. I love her. And she said something to the effect of like, never make any assumptions about your own clients, like wallets. Like you're not the one controlling the purse strings. It's your job to make offers. It's their job to decide whether or not they need that offer. So obviously you're going to ask as many questions as you can to make the most applicable offers. But then after that, it's up to them. You're doing them a disservice if you don't give them all the information that they need to make their purchasing decisions. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's so important for you to remember because you're, you're underserving them if you're just going with what they think they want. It's right. your job to ask them the right questions and understand what's important. If you don't do that and you don't uncover what's important to them, then you can't serve them at the highest level. Exactly. Yeah. You pro- do, you have, do you provide your students with like a list of potential questions they should be asking? Oh yeah, we have, we have yeah. plenty of questions that we have our clients ask. What do you think, can you give us an example of one question that you feel like is very impactful that a lot of people probably don't think about? I have them ask questions like, um, how important is, let's, well, give me a profession and I'll give you an example. Well, let's use, you said you were working with a web designer. So let's run with that example. Yeah. All right. So then one of the questions would be, why do you want to hire a professional web designer instead of, you know, DIYing it yourself? Or why hire me over, you know, somebody on Upwork that could do it for half the price? Okay. I I like these role, I like these role-playing exercises. So I'm actually going to give you an answer. So if you ask me that question, I would say, well, I feel like I do a pretty good job myself, but I'm really ready to take my business to the next level. And I want something that's more unique and doesn't look like as much as templated as my current website. Perfect. And then when I, I'm going to repeat that back to you. And that's what I'm going to focus on because now what I just uncovered was what was truly important to you with one question. Right. And when you repeat that back to your client in their words, they, they feel like, oh my God, she's, she hears me, right? She's really listening to me because so many people throw stuff at people, right? That it's like they're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks and it's just a spiel. That is a big turnoff. So I want you to be asking questions that are going to elicit the information you need to be able to see if, you know, can I best serve you? You know, if what you just said does not fit in my wheelhouse, then that's going to tell me we're not a good fit. But if it is, those are the things that I'm going to focus on. Not these other 29 things that I can do for you, but those things, because that's what's important to you. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. The whole listening and repeating back thing. I think it's like such an underutilized skill. I need to think about that more myself. I forget about it. When I was in law school, I was actually on a mediation competition team. We had to mediate cases and I did that in small claims court. 
And one of the things we did, this is in real life, like real small claims court cases. When you go to do mediations, you force the one party to repeat back what the other party told them because you learn in mediation that so much of it is just the two people are not able to have clear communication and the other party never thinks that the other party understands what they're saying. So you have to listen, repeat it back and say, I understand what you're saying. This is a recap. And I think that's probably a skill that we could all just utilize more. I love that. That's really fascinating. I literally have a client. I remember she emailed me not long ago and said, I've been working a lot more with corporate clients. And literally I just repeat back to them what they tell me and they just keep booking me. Like, she's like, it's unbelievable. They just feel heard. Right. Mm -hmm. Because apparently nobody's doing that. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's true because people are always, you're always formula. And I do this, the same thing on podcast interviews, right? You're always thinking about the next question you want to ask. You're thinking about the, the retort that you want to have while the other person's talking. And when, when you know that you're going to have to repeat it back, it forces you to actually listen, right? Listen, and then the other person right. feels heard. They're like, even if we don't, you know, reach the exact resolution I want, I know that this person hears me, understands me and respects at least the thoughts that I'm putting out there. So I could see how that's super, super powerful on a sales call for sure. Yeah. And especially asking that type of a question, the purpose of it is to elicit how much you value what I do for a living, right? Because there's a lot of people that will reach out to you and you're just a, a checkbox item to them. Mm-hmm. I want to help flush that out because there's somebody for every budget, but you want to, you want to identify early. You want to qualify early and you don't want to waste time with people that are not in your budget range. So if there's somebody that's budget shopping, you want to flush that out right now. So that's yeah. one question that helps them, especially the more, um, you know, just the higher priced you are right for the, the woman that asked you that question earlier. Um, she's probably charging, you know, high fees for what she does because it's a very boutique service. Well, you want to find out early if that person values photography and values the fine art that you're going to prepare, that you're going to give them. Right. And that's important to do that early on. Love it. Yeah. Cause at the, at the end of the day, you want to know, like, do they actually want me and like my aesthetic or they, would they be happy just to pay someone with a disposable camera? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Love it. So that was the first tip was basically to focus on the clients you already have. What is tip number two? So tip number two would be to go to past clients. All right. So everybody's got past clients that they've served before. Um, And in this case, what you want to do is you want to look for any kind of repeat business that you can, you can get from them. So with whatever you provided them in the past, what other services do you offer that they could, could potentially want. It's kind of like going back and asking for a referral, but you're basically making them aware of the different products and services that you might have to offer that never came up or wasn't you know, an issue back when you served them the first time. So what I like to have my clients do is I have them write a letter, like a physical letter that they mail in the mail, right? Instead of an email, because emails get lost and letters get read, right? Mm. So I have them write an email and I have like verbiage that they use. And it basically is, is saying something really easy, like, you know, Hey, so-and-so really loved working with you in the past, you know, something specific about working with them. And it occurred to me that I haven't kept you up to date on all of the products and services that I have to offer. I would love an opportunity to work with you again, if the need arises, you know, in the near future, here are some of the things that, you know, that we offer. And then you list your services 
But the key is to list what you do, like the services that you offer, and then the benefits of those, right? Because a lot of times people will focus on just what it is that they offer, and that doesn't really resonate with the client. And so if you talk about it in terms of benefits, right, it helps the client really understand why they should care about those services, right? Um, and then also focus on who your, um, uh, what, your, what your products will do for them, right? So the benefits of those and then um, if they have anybody that they would refer to you, like any friends or colleagues or whatever that would appreciate that as well, you know, you would be honored for any um, referrals that they have as well. That's awesome. I would have never thought of doing the handwritten note. Like mm -hmm. it's been so long since I've written a handwritten note. Like I don't even know if I would remember how, to be honest. <laughs> do your, I'm assuming that you, you probably have your students do this and they get some really cool results from it though. Yeah, I've had people do, I've had people do it both ways, mailing and emailing, whatever, you know, whatever is their, their thing. And I've literally had, I had one person reach out to a, um, a potential client and she added a new revenue stream, you know, just by one reach out to a potential client uh, or to a, a past client. And then I had another client book, um, had a client reach or book her highest um, booking order ever from just reaching out to that client to make them aware. What kind of, of what kind of service was that? That was a stationer. Oh, wow. Okay. What, yeah. So I could, okay. That one, that one makes a lot of sense. Cause you, you know, if you're doing like wedding stationery, there's, you can do stationery for like everything else. I think the same thing for photographers, but what do you like, what do you tell the people who maybe they're wedding planners, they don't do other events. They could ask for referrals, but maybe not an additional event. Or if someone does wedding photography and they're like really adamant that they don't want to get into like family portraits or anything like that. Sure. Well, there's a couple ways to look at that. So first I would look at it and say, you should be offering additional services if you're not, because you've already done, like we said, we are, you've already done the heavy lifting. You've already created this relationship. And now what's easier for you to go find a brand new client or for you to sell to a past client? So if you, if you are a photographer, for example, a lot of my clients will do, um, you know, even something simple. If you don't want to get really heavily into family um, photos, which a lot of my clients actually end up loving more because they're working weekdays, not weeknights and weekends, right? Um, but if you, if you don't like doing that, then just do like Christmas photos. Like people, there's ways to do it, you know, in, um, with parameters that you love, right? You don't have to commit to offering a completely different service, you know, for a lengthy period of time, but there's ways that you can have additional business and leverage all that, that, um, you know, those clients and relationships that you've already built, you know, that's, yeah, I kinda, I that's kind of think about this, like, like in a parallel universe to the online course business, right? So I have an online course, my signature program, and then I have an alumni only membership. So these are like additional programs, additional services, they're kind of, they're like secretive. I don't really market them on my website because you have to be a course alumni to access them. Similarly with these services, like you don't need to promote family photography or portraits on your website. You write that awesome letter and you say, Hey, by the way, this is actually something I do. I just don't promote it because it's only available to my previous wedding clients. Right. And in the case now, since we're living in odd times, I bet you, I'm making a prediction that all the people that have gotten married in 2020 and 2021, 
there's going to be a good percentage of them that are going to want to do like bigger events later, right? Mm -hmm. Like a one year or two year anniversary and like either redo it or do it bigger or something because they had to maybe scale down quite a bit this year. So I, I would, I would really challenge anybody who thinks that they don't have an opportunity to sell somebody again, that that may not necessarily be true. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like that. So, cause in that case you're thinking it's almost like that one's not really a downsell. It's like, maybe you had a micro wedding and now you're going to be doing an even bigger event could be an even larger contract. Yeah. And who knows, there could be a new trend. It could be like your first anniversary, whatever. And they come up with a crazy name for it that everyone's it's all it becomes all the rage. But I know that something's going to come out of this, that people are going to want to do additional parties. So that's a perfect opportunity for you to sell an existing client. I feel like I want to start a petition to make it the norm for everyone to elope when you get married because you have like no money, just get like really beautiful photos and flowers and then do like your big wedding uh, and party on your 10 year anniversary. Cause at that point, like you've deserved it. You're, you both are like making an income, right? Exactly. I like that idea. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. Yes. I love it. We're going to, maybe my husband and I will do that. We had a very small wedding. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll propose it to him. Okay. So, uh, tip number one was selling to current clients. Tip number two, selling to past clients. What is tip number three? So tip number three would be for anybody that wants to get referrals. And I have a girlfriend that is like a master at this and she's a realtor and she literally will just send, um, she like divides her list up into like A, B and C. And like so her, like her email list. Mm-hmm. And her past clients and, and, you know, people in her network. And she will send um, an email and a piece in the mail, like physical mail to like the A-list, right? Every month. So they get something in the mail from her every month. And it literally is just a different topic on homes, right? Something relevant to her industry. Just in the same way you send a newsletter, she just sends it by mail and she sends it on email. But what she also does is she sends like a little gift to people like once a quarter. And it's just some little tiny little gift that's in a little box about this big. And it's like a play on words. And like, I think one year for Easter, she sent me a little box and inside it was peeps, you know, the peep candy. And she said, just a little um, treat for my peeps. And then inside of it, it said something like, you know, if you know of people that would appreciate the level of service I provide, I would be honored for any referrals. That's awesome. It's perfect. So one of the ways I have my clients go back to their network, whether it's family, friends, colleagues, frienders, past clients, whatever. So let's say you are even one of those people that doesn't have any repeat customers. Okay. You can go back to all of the same people and send a very similar email or letter that we just talked about in tip number two, but instead you're just talking about referrals instead of maybe you would want these additional services. You're just saying it in the reference of if you have any colleagues friends, family members, you know, et cetera. And in the case of, let's say weddings, if you know of anyone getting engaged this, you know, holiday season, I would love any referrals that you would, that you might have. Yeah. I think it's probably super smart to send them something close to the holidays because everyone's going to know someone that's getting engaged. Exactly. I, I also love the realtor example, because I think that proves that if a realtor can get referrals, 
any of us can because everyone knows like 10 realtors. This was, this was a conversation I was having with a friend the other day and she was like, she was like, oh, I always thought about like maybe taking the real estate exam and she was in the wedding industry and she was like, I feel like my market is saturated and I did the double take. <laughs> And I, and I said, okay, if you were to have brunch with your best friend this weekend and your best friend told you that they were getting married, how many people would your best friend know like off the top of their head that would be your competition for that job? And she said, no one. And I was like, what if she told you that she was going to buy a house? And she was like, oh, there'd probably be about 10 people. Exactly. Point taken. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like like referrals in the wedding industry is probably huge. Like I... Obviously, at this point, I know a lot of wedding photographers, but before I was working in this industry, I maybe knew like a couple, but but not super close. So I feel like especially sending those mailers and stuff would be very, very smart. Yeah. And to your point earlier, if, if people in your network are, in your um, audience are um, accountants or, um, you know, tax people, send it around the new year, like before tax season comes around, like don't stress out during tax season, like hire us. So it's, there's timing for every industry. It's just yeah. thinking it through and half of sales is showing up. It's, it's being there and being, making people aware of who you are. How many times have you, have you heard someone say, do you know anybody that does X? And you don't think of anybody at the top of your head. And then a month later, you're like, oh my God, I know this person. Like, it's like your best friend <laughs> and you just didn't think about it because you're not, you're just not thinking that way because they're just not top of mind. So if you are sending something to your network on the regular, just same, same concept as social media. Like you want to be out there. You want to, you want people to keep seeing your name because that repetition helps build that memory. You want them to see you and you want them to think of you when those situations arise. They want to, you want them to say, Oh, hire Maria. If you need help with sales, hire Maria, hire Maria. You need help with tax, call Braden. That's one of, one of my favorite things is when people tell me, they're like, man, I feel like I see you everywhere. I'm like, perfect. That's, that's the exact goal. Exactly. Like, you, can't, you can't escape me. If you're not seeing me at least once a week on some social channel, I'm not doing my job. So, um, yeah, I think the nice thing is, especially once you already have clients, you basically have an invitation to talk to them, follow up with them. And, you know, unless, unless they've made it very obviously clear that they don't want to work with you anymore. <laughs> exactly. Something nice. I mean, maybe I think, if they filed a small claim suit, you don't send them any follow-up. Uh, follow no, you might want to take them off. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, like, again, the place you come from matters. So in the case, like we were talking earlier that, you know, if you go back to somebody, it's not, you're not, doing something bad by trying to sell them more. You're trying to serve them better and find an opportunity to see if you can serve them better in the same way. Um, I would love it if the people I've done business with in the past would remember me and send me like a Christmas card or a letter now and then so often I've, I've spent lots of money on people and then I've fallen off the earth to them and I've never heard from them again. That makes me feel like I was just a number to them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also a way just to, to deepen your relationships with people. And in, a, in an industry where like, I get most of my clients from referrals. So I naturally teach people ways to, to build their business that will drive referrals down the road. So. How about like going back to point number, point number two and looking at past clients, like what if you're like a copywriter or a web designer and you just send someone a simple message like, 
hey, I, I've been uh, watching all the stuff you got going on and I noticed you have this new offering out. Like if you want to get that, I noticed you haven't really updated that on your website. If you want to get that included, write some web copy on it, like let me know. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? I have my assistant will constantly say to me, do you need help with that? Like when she sees me struggling with something that I didn't specifically ask her for, she's like, you know, I can do that for you. And sometimes it just never occurs to me. And other times I think maybe she's busy or whatever, but you need to ask. If you don't ask, <laughs> if you don't ask, the answer is no. Nice. You have a, you have a very awesome assistant. <laughs> <laughs> she is great. She sounds great. Yeah. For, for that kind of thing, I would think one thing people could think about then is just making sure that they're following their past clients, even just on social media, right? What I notice is sometimes I'll go like three months without seeing any content from someone and I'll think, oh man, I haven't seen any Maria's posts in a long time. So I'll go over to their profile, like a couple things, comment on something. So then it, it re-triggers the algorithm and then they're like exactly. pop back up in my feed. What I would like, what I would probably do is have like a list of past clients and just go kind of go like comment on a post from them like every few months. And then you see what they have going on. It's going to be a lot easier to stay in touch with them uh, in the future. That's perfect. I love that. Yeah, I like this. Uh, this I mean, you can tell I'm an external processor. So I like come up with all sorts of brainstorming ideas once I get chatting on here. Okay, so we went through our three tips. Any other um, final things that you want to share with the audience before we wrap this thing up? Sure. Um, if any of this resonated with you, I have a free challenge that you can sign up for and we give you sample scripts and examples. So if you need the actual verbiage for it, you can sign up for the challenge. And if, if one of your um, professions isn't in there or you've got a specific example, you know, email or DM us and we'll, ha we'll be happy to give you some examples and ways that you can do it. Or if you're looking for like alternate revenue streams or offers that you can provide to past clients, we can brainstorm with you. Love it. Did you, sorry, did you give the link to the challenge? Um, no, I'll, I'll text it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Okay, perfect. We will put that in the show notes. I'll make sure that it's in there. Um, uh, one thing I always ask my, my guests before we leave, I always tell everyone, I have a free Facebook group. It's called Braden's Besties. I invite all of my listeners to come and join we ask questions, we do free Q and A's, all this kind of stuff. If anyone wants to become Maria's bestie as well, what's the best way to do that? Where should they go find you? They can find me. We have a Facebook group called Learn, Collaborate, Flourish, and we teach you all things sales and mindset in that group. Beautiful. So we will also put that in the show notes. Everything's in the show notes, everyone. All right, Maria. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all of your wisdom and expertise. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Braden. Love to be here. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.